or eat bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus in verse 16, the Bible says, Then he said to him, Jesus started to talk, talk about a parable. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord, as if it was planned, all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Verse 19, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Verse 20, still another said, I have married a wife. Or maybe in your situation, married a good husband. And therefore, I cannot come. Verse 21. So, that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of, of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes and uh, lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Verse 22. And the scripture says, and the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the edges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. And verse 24, the last one, For I say to you that none of those who were invited shall taste my supper. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Or say, believing, amen. amen. Again, I want you to let me look at your neighbor and say, it's time to jump in. It's important for all of us to know that we all are called to be ministers. And we all just have to jump in. We all are called to be, anytime we say ministers, you know, a lot of the time, what comes to our mind is a picture like this of people, you know, Bible carrying. In fact, not just ordinary Bible Dick's Bible carrying believers with big Bible, hallelujah, shouting, tongue talking, you know, uh, um, people with strong Christianese. You know what Christianese is? Christian language. Like, bless you. Yeah. It is where? Yeah. You know, some, some people have never been to church before, but they know how to catch church people. Yeah. Just meet a church person outside and say, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> the person will open up to you. Say, speaking my language. <laughs> oh, it is where? Yeah. Shalom. <laughs> you know, all, all, all kinds of things that we say in church that even on church people have gotten accustomed to and they know how to get us. They just need to speak our language. And when we say, uh, somebody's a minister, everybody has a calling a lot of the time. That's what comes to our mind. That somebody who is, you know, heavily wearing his, his, his Christianity on his head and, you know, uh, having the Bible to show for it, you know, and all that. And that's, that's, a, that's a minister. A minister is somebody who is submitted to service. Just like we have uh, ministers in charge of, you know, federal ministries in Nigeria. Who is a minister? Somebody, uh, the head of the civil service in the area of health. 
you know, the head of the people who would do the public service, you know, the civil service. That's, that's in, in, in governmental terms, that, that's what minister means. In the church, anyone that has decided to take up his or her calling is a minister. It's a minister. It's somebody who has given himself to service. And you and I have one area or the other where the kingdom of God can leverage our learning, our skill, our areas of natural giftings, our resources acquired or inherited that God wants to use in his kingdom. And God places demands on us from time to time to be able to you know, willingly yield ourselves to be of service to him. So all of us have gifts, all of us have callings. A lot of the time, the only thing is that we're not ready to dive in or jump in or do something. And a lot of the time, we have all kinds of excuses. In this parable of Jesus, Jesus gave examples of excuses that people give for not wanting to jump in or wanting to serve or be used of God. Because when you are invited to serve God, it's like you have been invited for a banquet with Jesus. That's how God sees it. You see it as something else that, that will encumber you know, your time or your resources. God sees it as you are being invited to sit around the table with him and you know, dine with him. That's how he sees it. So you see all kinds of excuses from the passage that we read. Somebody said, I just started a business. Five yokes of oxen. Five yokes of oxen. I, I, I want to plow with it. That's a new, you know, business. A new farming business. I said, I've not even tested it. Uh, you know, this business requires a lot of attention. So kingdom will wait. God, just give me time. Uh, I, will, I will be ready. Yeah, some people are waiting, are telling God to wait for them to retire. Yeah. When, uh, after 65, when I retire. Maybe I'll go to seminary. I will not start. I'll become a pastor. Yeah. So I'm saying, God, wait. I'll give you the relics of my years. Let me use the, <laughs> the active years to make money. Yeah. And then I'll come back. And God is saying, look, I don't want to wait like that. I want you right now to jump in and do something with your life. Because that's what I created you for. Don't give me any excuse. Some people, your excuse is all centered around marriage or around family. Jesus put it there. I just married a wife. I can't come. Marriage, family life is about life. Kingdom is also about life. Everything should go together. Pari pursue together. Everything is going together. That's what God wants. He doesn't want you to press Hold on the kingdom. Why you want to move a particular aspect of your life? We don't have a life outside of the kingdom if we're a follower of the king. If you're a subject of the king, you don't have any life outside of the kingdom. Your life is in the kingdom. So everything moves together. Everything works together. Somebody see here today. All we need to do is to take a jump. Have you ever been at the edge of a cliff before? You know, you second guess your action severally. You think about it, you think about everything, you think about, you know, all your responsibilities and commitment. You say, if, what of, if, you know, if. And for, for crying out loud, some of us perhaps have served before. 
And we had seemingly unpleasant experiences. And we're using other people as an excuse for you not to prepare for your eternity. It's bad enough that somebody is making me unhappy here or not. If that unhappiness gets to a point where I become unmindful of how I'm going to spend eternity. Because the Bible is replete with Jesus' examples about the fact that what we do on earth, there's a portion of it that can count for eternity. There's another portion of it that will not count beyond Lagos. Yeah, not even eternity. Before eternity, I hope you understand. <laughs> if there's anything like that, yeah, that will not count beyond here. That's what I mean. Yeah, because notwithstanding how many houses you have on this planet, it remains on this planet. There's no record of your house in heaven. They don't have the address. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, "In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it's not so, I will not tell you." And He said, "Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven." Where thieves cannot break in. When the stock market will not take a slide. Yeah. Where there's no devaluation of currency. So lay up treasures for yourself there. Part of how we lay up treasures there. Is focusing on the kingdom. Making kingdom investments. Kingdom investment. Will impact on how you live here on earth. And it will impact on how you live after you have taken your last breath. Because all of us are going to take our last breath. If all you do here is that which impacts how you live on this planet, something is wrong. You are not keeping eternity in view. It's not subject to your preference. You're not going to live forever. It's more than a segment of fact. It's the truth unchangeable truth because no one has lived, lived forever so shouldn't I take her some time to think about what investment can I make on whatever is after now since the bible says I will have the chance to make such investment while I'm alive here so it's important for us to put this at the fore of our minds so that we can adequately prepare for it. How to jump in? How to jump in? I read Acts 16 from verse 9 down to 15. Acts 16 from verse 9. It says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia. Can, can I read from verse 7, please? Can you give me from verse 7? And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into uh, Britannia, but the spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with them, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul and his team, very eager about the things of the kingdom, wanted to press in and do something with their lives for God. God still ordered them and says, look, don't go there. Stay here. And eventually, Paul had a vision of the night about what's going on. Somebody from a city, the province of Macedonia, says, come over and help us. They took it expressly as an instruction from God. 
the next thing was you know immediate prompt obedience that's the kind of attitude that god expects from us prompt obedience the bible says immediately they took it that god was sending them and then from verse 11 therefore they sailed from troas and straight they went to that region verse 12 and uh, it says and from there to philippi which is the, the foremost city of that part of macedonia a colony and we were staying in that city for some days and then on sabbath day they decided to go to the place where uh, people pray in the city the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there now a certain woman named lydia heard us she was a seller of purple a wealthy woman who dealt in you know fashion and you know fabrics and all that look at what the bible says she was a seller of purple from the city of uh, theater who worshiped god the lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by paul in verse 15 the bible says and when she and her household were baptized she begged us saying if you have judged me to be faithful to the lord come to my house and stay so she persuaded us this woman the bible says god opened her heart she did not only listen to the apostle paul and his team she jumped in into service immediately come into our house she opened her home up for the gospel almost immediately almost immediately the big question this morning that somebody needs to answer here before you leave today is is my heart open for the furtherance of the kingdom of god or is it completely short to anything that has to do with how the kingdom of God will move forward? Many of us are here today with open hearts to how we can be more charitable, you know, and all that. But what about opening your heart to that which also leads to the salvation of souls, which is the preaching of the gospel, and how we organize ourselves as a church, and how you use your gifts in church, and how you preach the gospel, how God uses you, to put something in place how the kingdom of god can leverage the skills that god has given you the education that you have your influence your affluence it's very important you need to think about that is your heart open to that extent the bible says god is the one that is that working us to will and to do of his good pleasure so when it's if it's about god god has opened your heart many a times we are the ones closing it back yeah god has opened your heart but you are closing it back you are closing it with excuses you are closing it with, I just started this. I just, when I finish this, uh, when I'm settled, uh, when I've done this, when I've done that, when, 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 when I no longer work in two cities and I work in one, then I will look at how to serve God. When, uh, you know, I'm in between jobs, right? When I get another job, somebody is, when, when this job is winding down and about to move into another one, I will now look at how I can put service to God. In the equation the way i am now right now my life is too complicated to add any other thing to it yeah what you don't know is that the service to god that takes your life all that complication takes it away and helps you to streamline and to focus so that you can bring forth much more result and i want to challenge somebody here this morning whose heart god has opened but you keep shutting it back with your excuses the Bible says God opened the heart of Lydia. Lydia was very prompt 
to get baptized, to become a part. Because somebody has been here now months upon years. We say, become a registered member of the church. This is it's not for people like us. I see people like you. I don't even know what to say. Let me leave it. Yeah. Lydia got baptized immediately. And Lydia said, if you found me faithful, my house is open. From now, do anything you like. I'm submitting something to God. I'm yielding my time to God. I'm yielding my resources to God. Because I know I don't have all the time on this planet. And I have to make investment that will count beyond time into eternity. Say amen, somebody. Extremely important that we think like this lady here. She was not a mere woman. She was not a jobless woman. A seller of purple. Go and research in your Bible. I think it was Living Bible Translation or Message Translation. She was a wealthy woman. Yeah, wealthy woman. She had a big business. She was not a loafer. Jesus calls people that are busy. So you can't give business as an excuse. When he called his disciples, he went on, on the Sea of Galilee. He saw James and John, the sons of Zebedee, working with their father on the fishing business. And he went and called them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He saw Peter on his business and he called him. The Sea of Galilee was the high street of Galilee. The main business was fishing. It's around the Sea of Galilee, that's, where, that's, that's the marina, like we have Lagos Marina here in Lagos. But the high street where you have the major corporations. Zebedee's business was one of the big businesses. For him to have other servants with his two sons working with him on his business. He had many employees and Jesus went straight there. He didn't go under the tree where loafers were drinking and wasting away. No. He went to pick people who were busy. So you can't give business as an excuse for being irrelevant in the kingdom of God. Are you still with me today? Because God loves using big people. Busy people, learned people, people with natural skills, people with natural talent, people with something that can move the kingdom of God forward. Right from the Old Testament, whether it was Solomon building the temple or, or Moses calling the people to bring resources together, it's all kinds of natural talent, all kinds of things that God has given people, they bring it together. That's how the kingdom of God has been built. It's always been built on volunteering. Volunteering. Some of us have never volunteered for anything before. And you will never do anything where you won't get paid for it. It's time for you to change. Yeah, change. Change your orientation. Change your orientation. Yeah, as a church, we want to even raise our younger generation with a change of orientation. If you're going to attend church right now, you see them there doing one or two things, learning to volunteer. Next Sunday, we have bake sale. That's what mark Children's Day. Our kids come together on Saturday to bake and sell. They are raising money. Last year they did the same, gave to about five orphanages or so. And they, they're, getting, they're becoming proud of it. That's how to raise a younger generation who will be focused on volunteering. Not only on what to get, but what to give. Are you still with me today? Yeah, and that's how we should raise it. But we should be a good example. You shouldn't get to them and they ask you, have you ever volunteered before? After they discovered the word volunteer in the dictionary. They say, Daddy, this is what it means. Uh, uh, I remember the story of a, a young man in this church. When we were about to move here. Um... I spoke to the church like this, that, oh, um, we, we, we got a new place and we're going to start, you know, construction and all that. This man told me the story himself. We're still at uh, number three, Remilo Udewe, then. He said they were walking out of the service and 
I don't know whether we play something that this kid got wind of the fact that church is moving to a new venue. Pastor TJ, I think you are aware of that. The guy was your friend, yeah. The guy told us the story. And his son looked at him and said, Daddy, the church is moving to a new venue. I hope your money is there. His boy was six or seven. Said, I hope you have given something into it. Because I heard the pastor. The man said, he stood like this. Like, in the service, he didn't make up his mind. He said, when that boy spoke, it was as if the Holy Spirit was speaking through the boy. He knew that now there's no running. There's nowhere to run to again. So he came himself to say, even God used my son <laughs> to speak to me about being a part of the project. That's, that's what I'm talking about. There are things we need to model. Young men and women here, listen to me. When you misbehave, go away from church one month, two months, and keep your children at home. What are you doing with them? Being at home. No structure to bring them to church. Yeah. No. Sometimes if you don't want... Something may not be convenient for you, but you do it because of the generation coming. Yeah. You have your struggles. Don't pass it to them. This is your one leg in, one leg out. No. Put their two legs in. If that's the only legacy you give them, it's okay. Yeah. Praise God. Because there's nothing like having good children who will give you peace in your old age. Yeah. After all the investment you have made in them. One of the reasons why this church exists is to raise a new generation of Nigerians. Who will be better than us? And in whose hands this nation will prosper? Are you still with me today? Yeah. So, we need to get into it, ease ourselves into it. God is waiting on you and I to serve him and to serve him with our heart. And to be like Lydia, to have a sense of urgency. To have a sense of submission to the will of God for our lives and a sense of urgency like Lydia. In Genesis 12, verse 1, 2, God spoke to Abraham, come out of your people. I want to use you. And the Bible says in verse 2 or so, said that Abraham departed. Prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. God has opened your heart, then respond. Because what we're doing after now is that we have a ministry fair. All our ministry opportunities are represented out there. Yeah. I know after this message, some people will still say, eh, you know, I need to catch up with the guys, you know, that, and just run out. Run. I've said my own. And see, I've made up my, it's a pact I have with God. I will not become disgruntled because of some attitude of church members. No. I've separated my emotion. When I finish my job, and God knows I've done my own, all of us are adults. Make your decision. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah. Make your decision. The only thing I know is when we stand before God, they will play the video of this service. And God will know that I did my part. I read the scripture and I preached to you about service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God will know that I did my part. Yeah. So any decision you make after now, my only prayer is that God will quicken the word of God in your heart. And you will not put this aside as one of those messages. Because something has to change. We're not going to be here forever. There's a sense of urgency to what we're teaching this morning. And the Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 3, said, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given everyone. 
God has given everyone a measure of faith. And we, we need to be able to use our measure. Use your measure. Use your measure. There's something that God has given you that you need to use. And it's freely you have received. Freely you give. Willingly. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. Uh, Paul was writing about money. But it transcends money. It's a general thing. He says, for there is, if, if, for if there is, if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. He was talking about money, but it's beyond money. The first thing is a willing heart. Oh, I don't have much time. The little time you have, plug into something. Not according to what a man does not have, what he has. I, I don't know how to do something, but you know you can do one thing well. Ask question. This gift, where can I use it? Not according to what a man does not have, according to what a man has. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and say, you have something? You have something. You have one skill. You have something. Where to jump? Anywhere here, you can jump. Yeah. We have 30 canopies under the balcony. 30. So whether you're on the ground floor or you're on the higher floor, come down to under there and just jump into something. Yeah. Jump into something. But having said that, I wanted to know that uh, um, you can jump whether in your natural inclination, you know, maybe to do something that you are already gifted at. For some other people, you need to try something new. You may be a communications expert outside of the church. That's your day job. God may be leading you to use that to serve him. For some other persons, they're tired of what you do on a day-to-day basis. You just want to do something. You just want to come to church on Sunday and teach six-year-olds. Yeah. You just go there. You know, register, get trained, and sit there and impact their lives. Impact their lives. Somebody here, all you want to do is to rock, you know, babies. Yeah, go to, we have a crutch. During service like this, as you bless other people's children, your children and your grandchildren will never lack help. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. Yeah. Somebody here, you, you are an IT person, but you want to come to church and just help us organize the whole place. So just, just be in protocol. And say, I want to be in surveillance. Just organize a place. Make sure everything is okay. Yeah. Check, you know. For some other persons, I mean, I met an elderly man today who's been serving in a traffic department for almost, maybe like, over a year, two years now. Yeah. And I, you know, I love my heart for him. I just, I just love his heart. One service every Sunday. Sparking cars. By the time I was hugging him after the first service, he was soaked. Yeah. He's into real estate. He's not a traffic worker. Naturally. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. He's <laughs> a real estate person. Yeah. But he parks cars in this church. His family is here. He's not a jobless person. He has a thriving business, but he parks cars here. So, it may be in your area of natural inclination, it may not be. But it's time to do something. Just too many opportunities. And can I say this? They asked Jesus, which is the greatest of all the commandments. Say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. Say, love your neighbor as yourself. There are two, prong, two prong approach to this. The third one is just loving myself. But the first two is love God, love your neighbor. A church is positioned to help you to do both. Loads of charitable stuff that we do. Is it the health, uh, 
free health, this thing, is it the entrepreneurial development stuff that we do for less pay? So many. But charitable deeds are not enough until Christ enters into the equation of somebody's heart. That heart is not prepared for heaven. It's not enough to give me bread. Take me to Jesus. That's the area where we love the kingdom of God. And like Jesus, the zeal of the lost house is in our heart. Because some people outside of church, you are doing a lot. A lot of charitable deeds. Yeah. But what about the one that impacts the kingdom directly? That's what I'm saying. Because you need to balance it. Jesus said both of them are the same, but they are separate. Love God, love your neighbor. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The church is one institution, the only institution on earth that stays on both. Yeah. You show people the way to Jesus and will bless them with the things that will make their life better. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world when it's working well. The only problem we have today is that the church needs to work better. It needs to be led better. Are you still with me today? But the church still remains the hope of the world. The hope of the world is not government, it's not non-governmental organizations or charitable organizations. Because the heart of a man is the big deal. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? That's what the scripture says. The preservation for the soul of man is the essential commodity that the church dispenses, which is salvation. Which is salvation. It's only the church that is custodian of the salvation that comes from Jesus. Are you still with me today? So our church is prepared to help you to navigate through. Let me just take this last one and I'll pray. The five circles of influence or of commitment, can you put it on for me? You need to take a journey from just our community is Lagos Island and all the developments around it. That's our community. We have our crowd. Those are people who come in here once in a while. But we have our congregation, people who attend services at least twice a month. Some of us have remained in the congregation for too long or in the crowd for too long. It's time to make the next step and come into the committed. Some of us are in the core and we're standing strong in the core. Some people have been in the committed. It's time to join us in the core by taking a leadership position in this church. But before you even, we even talk about the core, it's for you to step from the congregation into the committed. Somebody arranged the chairs you are sitting on. Somebody parked your car, the car park today. Some people are attending to your children in junior church right now. If you put your children there. They are in the committed. It's time that you also dive in and jump in. Jump in. Because this is what makes the kingdom of God work. This is how the kingdom of God works. So we are moving from moving people from come and see to come and die to self. That's where we are. That's our assignment. From no commitment to total commitment. From just come and see. Because sometimes when I see the record of how people come to a church, it looks sometimes, I have a feeling that it looks like this church has a tourist value. Because you see our guest cards and you see just visiting. Number of people. On a, on a particular Sunday that I checked, 50% of people visit for the first time. They just visited, just to see. Our job is to move people from come and see 
come and serve God and come and die to self and personal agenda and take the agenda of God's kingdom and make it the blueprint of your life. Glory be to Jesus. So, our church is organized around the five purposes of evangelism, um, fellowship or membership, discipleship, ministry, worship, and there are so many units and departments that we have holding up all those different things. If you go to Tech High, our Elevation Church Institute, we teach all these things to show you how we organize our church and what the engine room looks like and how you can dive in. But what we're doing, because I, I, I have to stop now, what, what, what we're doing today is to open up an opportunity for you to jump in. So the moment this service is over, like I said, we have all those boots at the back there that we want you to get into. Or giving a first serve experience, an opportunity for everyone who will jump in today by next Sunday. So if you jump in today, you can actually serve with us next Sunday. Yeah. It's the first time we're doing this. We have our plans in place to make it sustainable. One of the things we're doing is this Saturday, if you jump in today and you have never been to our membership class, which is the equivalent of being baptized for us, we do physical baptism, but just coming into register membership, membership means fellowship. You come into fellowship with the Elevation Church, you know, and all that, and knowing who we are, what we do, you become a registered member of the Elevation Church. That happens, it's an extraordinary one, happens this Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. It's an abridged one. You come in 8 o'clock by 10, we run you through membership class, and then we'll give you a briefing, one hour briefing. You can serve next Sunday for the first time, first serve experience next Sunday. Yeah. Somebody stay with me right now. It's very important. We want you to be able to jump into that and have that first serve experience. So, when to jump? Now. Somebody say now. now. Come, come on, somebody say it with me. Say now. now. Now is the time to jump. Yeah, now it's time to jump. So, I'm going to see you at the ministry fair. The moment we bring the service to a close. Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning. And just tell him, Father, I receive grace for service. Grace to make investment in eternity. I declare this morning that my heart is open. My heart is open. My heart is open. I'm like Lydia. I'm not going to be a recalcitrant child of God. My heart is open. Open to serve you. And open to live my life for you. Open to yield my life to 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 you. I wanted to pray this morning for fresh grace for service. There's grace for service. And I wanted to pray for it this morning. A fresh grace for service. Fresh grace for service. I want to be a minister. I want to be somebody who can serve God with my life. I want to minister to God with my gift, with my talent, with my learning, with my skill. I want to serve God with my influence. I want to serve God with my affluence. I don't want my affluence to become an affliction, but to remain a blessing. Anything that is not used 
can turn against you and become an affliction. My gift will not afflict me because I'm going to use it as a blessing to the kingdom of God. Will you receive grace this morning? Say, Lord, I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace to live a life of service. I receive grace to live a life of service. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your grace over this congregation today as I declare in the name of Jesus that your hand comes upon everyone here to live a life of service. We receive grace to ditch all our excuses, to focus on eternity, to be able to live beyond ourselves and invest our lives on things that will matter in eternity in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. So I pray here this morning, Father, use everyone that is here to turn a soul to you. Use everyone that is here to be a blessing to humanity. Use everyone that is here to turn our nation Nigeria around. Use everyone that is here to touch our world. Everyone watching on the internet, wherever nation you may be right now, will receive grace upon you for God to use you to touch your world where you are as you yield to a life of service in the precious name of Jesus.